What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Conspiranormal. Okay. Welcome to Conspiranormal, everybody. It's been uh, a hell of a day. We are broadcasting live from the land of Oz. Yeah, yeah, something like that, man. Um, it's been, uh, we're recording this on March the 3rd. And uh, you guys were probably expecting to hear Mark Wyatt since we kind of have teased that the last on the last episode. But uh, he is not here because he's too much of a wild tiger and can't be tamed. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, a couple of guys here that uh, are going to be joining us here in Nashville at the Strange Realities Conference 2020. And that's Tim Banal. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Uh, who was here last year for the 2019 conference and a addition this year, Mr. Aaron Gullius. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Aaron. It's good How to have going? you. We're, we're yeah. very, it's going well. Yeah, um, considering. Yeah. Considering, yeah. So basically, um, by the time this gets posted, everybody will know about the tornadoes that uh, hit Nashville, but not just Nashville. Um, and actually, like Nashville got Nashville got hit, but uh, a lot of the places and like more like east of Nashville, like uh, Putnam County, kind of plowed, plowed through Tennessee. Yeah, it's uh they they got really messed up. And right now, as we're speaking, the last death toll count was twenty two for these Jesus. tornadoes, I think, and only two wow. of those were actually in Nashville. So. It was apparently a couple that was leaving some uh, business, some bar or something in some lounge or something in East Nashville. Oh yeah, and they got caught up in it. They uh, they unfortunately lost their lives last mm. night. Wow. And East Na East Nashville area, actually, Tim. 
Uh, we that, drove through there a lot. Yeah, actually. we were pretty. Were we? I think we were pretty close when we ate at that barbecue restaurant. To yeah, where no, some that, of that damage I, is. Right? I think that barbecue restaurant is no more. Really? Or really messed up? Yeah. All well, the we buildings. Ate, ate lunch at that we walked to from SRI. Yeah. Yeah. On, oh, no, on shit. Sunday. On Sunday. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay, so stuff near the stadium kind Yeah, I think that's either yeah. gone or uh, messed up. The thing oh, is, too, like the path of this this tornado followed the same path downtown and into East Nashville that uh, a series of tornadoes did in 1998 that I remember and back in the 30s. Like, they always go through this same path through East Nashville, so kind of a, a historical repeat there's even like maps showing mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of kind of wild i don't know if it's like geographical or what weird kind of like it's almost kind of weird like ley line kind of shit oh okay. is, is the way that it is the way that it looks uh the 1998 one i didn't live here then but uh that was the one i always heard about when i first moved here in 2003 yeah. there's a giant tornado with like at least four mini tornadoes inside of it yeah i don't think this one oh, was wow. quite like that no this was a, a three i think okay i don't know what the classification but system is i'll tell you guys it, it did enough damage and like right i got off work at like uh 12 last night my time and i literally breezed right through the area that got hit the hardest in hermitage which is the, which is the suburb that i live in the area that got hit the hardest i breezed through there at about like five minutes before that thing hit and wow. I'm kind of just like, it, it kind of shook me up a little bit to think about that because if I'd left like maybe five minutes later, you know, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what would oh, happen. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the, a little, the, the crazy part too is that it was, it was, they came like at like 1130 at night, right? So it's like, yeah, it was a little bit after that. More disoriented where you're like, oh, it's a really bad storm out here. Yeah. It was a little later. It was like yeah. right when it hit. So like my boss was leaving, uh, right. He told me, he told me today that he was leaving and it, uh, went and it hit, uh, right. As soon as he was walking out the door and they like walked right back in real quick and, and, uh, they were, they were okay. But he was showing me pictures of like, uh, pieces of the, you know, the guardrails like wrapped around, a lamp post outside. Oh, and, wow. uh, I walked Jesus. over there today and I walked through some of the, I actually went and walked through some of the, some of the destruction. And there's a, uh, right on the road there close to my house. There's a, there's a church and then there's a school and like an old school and which isn't actually used anymore, but it's used for something, some other office or something like that. And, uh, the church was the church and the school were both completely destroyed um, I walked up to the, to the church and there's like two of the, like the church buses were like overturned and one oh, of them, man. one of them was overturned right next to the church and it's the, the horn was still blaring on it. Oh, jeez! <laughs> it was is, like, yeah, it, it was eerie. It was just, it was just really eerie. And then I walked, uh, man, and then I walked across the street, uh, to, the neighborhood right across there and man it's like those those a lot of people lost their homes i don't think nobody lost their lives i'm i'm really surprised i'm really surprised yeah over in that in hermitage nobody i mean people might have gotten hurt but nobody lost their life thank god but 
Yeah. I'm really surprised that nobody did because, like, there were houses. One house was just completely off its foundation. You could see, like, the toilet and the kitchen sink, like, just laying on the ground and just, like, crazy. That is now. Do do houses down there generally have uh, have basements or, or cellars or something? Because well, I know. I do. Okay, I know. Yeah. Um, in Texas, they they just don't. It's just not. At least the parts of Texas I'm familiar with, it's just not a, a basement sort of place. So everything's brick. So you sort of just I don't know, get in the bathtub and pray, I guess. But yeah, I uh, I'm really glad our house has a has a basement because yeah, tornado yeah. stuff is not good. No, no, it's not. It's uh and the power was the power is completely was completely knocked out. Um somebody that lives in the neighborhood uh, or somebody that lives pretty close to me, so they got their power back, so we might hopefully by the time I get home tonight might have power. Oh good. But uh that's probably like the longest I've gone without any kind of power ever there. So but it's uh you know it's going to recover, but you can see like all the people like the, doing the claim, the, the insurance people out, people on trucks, people. Um, it, it looked like they had like a, quite a few trees had like completely fallen over the road, and that had already been moved out, so traffic could move through. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. It just you got the police out there directing traffic and all that. So you know, we got hit pretty hard last night. <laughs> yeah, I don't think either of us got too much sleep. No. Yeah, did you hear it all going through and shit? Like- yeah, we got tornado siren system. Yeah. And- ah, yeah. All night long, it's like you're being, you know, bombed by Germany oh, or something. Yeah, I, I oh, heard God. the sirens. I did not hear the actual tornado. Apparently, some people heard, like, the actual thump. Like, it makes a thump, thump noise as it goes through. Oh, yeah. And I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like, or like a low hum, and I didn't hear the train coming. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Crazy. Yeah. We are here. Yeah, we're here. And the we show goes on. Normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here we are, you know, being being faithful to the craft. So <laughs> where to start? Well, Aaron, you want to start with uh, some saucer sure. life madness? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, um, so I, I think the the episode that one of the episodes that that's been requested on a regular basis, but, uh, but not like overwhelming. Like there's been a few really persistent people who have been like, you need to talk about Reinhold O. Schmidt. And the first time I got an email about Reinhold Schmidt and doing a show about him, I, I had to, you know, run off and, and Google him and then come back and pretend I knew who he was. And, um, cause I, once I read the story, I was like, Oh, that guy, that guy, but, um, the, the name didn't ring a bell. So I, I finally did a, a Reinhold O. Schmidt episode. And the thing that had been holding me back is, is to me, the the sort of centerpiece of his story was the fact that he actually had a, like, hour-long film made about his contact experience. <laughs> and this film was completely sort of unfindable. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. And then somebody got in touch who was able to allow me to view a copy. I don't have a copy myself. Um, the rights to it are all screwed up. Um, if ever you get to watch it, what you'll notice at the end is it's copyright. Like the copyright's like 1984. It was renewed and it's owned by some mining company. Uh, so, which is which is very much a, a sort of Manos, the hands of fate sort of thing, where a, a fertilizer company bankrolled that movie. Um, but well, wasn't point, he a fertilizer salesman? The guy who made Manos, yeah, he was a fertilizer salesman. Yeah. yeah. So the thing Carol about P. Schmidt, Warren, 
Harold Floyd Warren. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I love the movie. Um, the thing about Schmidt is once I saw the movie, I, I, it became clear the movie is is it's not even bad enough to be fun. It's just kind of boring. Um, but then I got into all his scams that he was running, and um, I was able to find newspaper reports about him going on trial for fraud. He uh, he convinced little old ladies to give him – I think he ended up bilking old women out of about $30,000, like $1964. So it's like real money. Um, and, uh, and he convinced them that the space people had given him information on where to mine crystals that would help sick children get well. So – it was yeah it's just this, this horrible scam and he had previous convictions and arrests for all kinds of just just you know you know check fraud and mail fraud and all kinds of stuff and uh, he he got convicted but the the best thing was his defense at his trial he's on trial for for fraud it's like fraud and grand theft or something like that and his attorney decides that the best way to sway the jury is to show them the hour-long film. <laughs> that's, oh, no. the def- that's the main part of the defense. It's like, see, here's the movie that proves he's telling the truth about the, about the space people. And, and then they, they sort of they, – the, the defense attorney sort of harangues this old woman, um, you know, well, why didn't you check to see if the crystals healed sick children? You know, is this really, you know – his fault if you didn't do your due diligence and he harassed her so much she ended up collapsing and going to the hospital which can't have helped this case that much and when the jury when the jury sees your lawyer yell at an old woman till she falls over that's (laughs) it's over Uh, it's you're done and he was sentenced to uh, one to ten years and um i I couldn't find anything about when he was actually how much of that he uh he served but um (laughs) <laughs> Ends up disappearing from the scene after that, and the thing is, his his contact story itself was yeah. really kind of kind of dull. It, it's very very derivative of other contact stories, and you know he did. There were some women on the ship, which was a little interesting because they were crew members; they weren't just like serving food, like you see in uh, in like the George Adamski stuff. But um, it's all very strange they all spoke in this german accent and they spoke german but he spoke german so he was able to understand them of course and and absolutely and there's all sorts of stuff where he's really sort of pitching it to this this sort of great plains western sort of sort of salt of the earth farmer rancher population he was a seed salesman or a seed buyer i i should i grew up around a bunch of farms i should probably know which one is which? But he he did seed stuff. He he, he bought uh, all kinds of crops and stuff like that. And I don't know, just a a weird story. Once you get into uh, to all the stuff, and and there was a, a great review of the movie in um, Saucer Smear uh, that was just hilarious. At, at sort of they said this is the least competently made movie we've ever seen. You know, it was great. What was the title of the movie? Um, the Edge of Tomorrow. The Edge of Tomorrow. Okay, so it, it, I I there were two things that I had to laugh that I really laughed about in that episode. I mean, that whole episode was probably one of the funniest, if not probably the funniest one that you've done. And oh, good! It, it really wasn't even necessarily anything that you said. It was just the material itself was just so damn unintentionally hilarious. But yes, the the, the of course the movie on the edge of tomorrow 
Um, that struck me because that was directed by Ron Ormond. Ron Ormond. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I only really knew him from um, Mesa of Lost Women, which, which is a, a horrible movie that uh, that yes. he did. That I, I, think I have I, I seen saw Mesa of, I, Lost, I, of Lost Women. I, I've yeah. seen the – it's either Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks. Uh, one of those two yeah. groups made fun of it. But um, I uh, – I, then I, I I looked into it more and I was like, oh my gosh, he's done some of these. I guess the the best description is is Christian exploitation movies. Yeah. Yes, and because yes. um, he was in a he was in a plane crash, he survived a plane crash, and from that point on, he only did like religious movies. And he worked with this evangelist down in was it in Tennessee? It I, was Mississippi. Mississippi. But, okay. So so one thing about Ormond was that he actually was based here out of Nashville. Okay. And his son actually still lives here. Um, Dr. Future had the, the, him on Future Quake a long time ago. And uh, that's, I think, where like he just he moved from L.A. to Nashville and he started doing the, the movies out here. And he did stuff like Monster and the Stripper. That was yes. another one. He actually filmed that in New Orleans. But then he had his plane crash, and he had this come to Jesus moment. Born again. And he gets uh, he gets hooked up with this, uh, you know, fire and brimstone, virulently anti-communist uh, yes. preacher named Estes W. Perkle. Yep. And Estes, Estes Perkle, man. and he do this uh, film called "If Footmen Tire You, What Will Horses Do." Amazing. Where, which I know that you, Serfiel has seen some of it, and like I know that you've seen it. It's glorious. It How is, would you describe it? I would describe it as if you were to take one of those chick-tracked comic books about the end time and turn it into a movie with blood and violence, but fake the fakest violence you've ever seen. That's what it is. It's um, it's a chick tract come to life. Um, it is it is. I mean, from a from a theological point of view, it is it is just straight up premillennial tribulation end times. Yes. yes. End times stuff. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like a uh, a spiritual forefather to um, oh the. I can't remember the director, but it was a series of four films in the, the late seventies and early eighties. That was, um, Oh, the, uh, the, the image of the beast. And, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, which, which, which basically is what the whole left behind series ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, in, in the, the early 21st That's century. The, I, and, I wish we'd all been ready. That's the, yeah. The, the, song, yeah, the song for the, the song. Yeah. And, um, it's 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 like that, except it's it's all anti-communist. I mean, you would think that that John the Apostle sort of just called out, you know, Chernyenko and and Brezhnev and those guys in Revelation by name, because there's just this, Andropov. Yeah, and 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 Andropov rode down on a dragon or something, and um, because it's it's all communists, and because it's the 1970s, it's. It's oddly, it's it's all. I was not quite around then, but for some reason, we were really all head up about the Cubans and really thought the Cubans were going to be the ones who took over. I mean, like sort of like Red Dawn yeah, style. Yeah, we're going right. to invade America. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and this movie, they're just, um, they're, they're like you know. You want candy, little kid? And they're like, yes, we do. And well, then pray to your Jesus. 
there's no candy, right? Let's pray to Castro. And then he brings yeah, out a bunch yeah. of candy. And it's it's just, oh, oh. And, 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 and this is kind of a spoiler, but at the end, there's this little boy who um, they, they tell him to, like, stomp on a picture of Jesus. Yes. And the little, the little boy says, Jesus, you died for me. And so now I'm going to die for you. And the communists behead the kid and you see his head sort of bounce into the, into the ditch. Yeah. I watched it. I've watched, Oh my gosh. In the last month, I must've watched it four times. (laughs) Crazy. dude. My wife walks into the room and she's like, what are you, what is this? I'm like, this is the greatest piece of evangelism. Christendom has ever developed. I mean, (laughs) shut down everything. This is just just show this movie and 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 everybody's going to heaven because how could you not be? It's what people should watch when they, when they want to if they want to decide to vote for Bernie Sanders because that's how life will be, right? That's the that's the <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the so there were a couple of others that they did. It was like a team up, and just Orman just kept making these things, and yeah, there, was, there was there was another one called the Burning Hell, and the the Believers Heaven, the Believers more- Heaven. The end. The, the only thing of the believers heaven I've ever been able to find is the very end of it, which is just so cornball. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> I've seen of it too. Um, uh, the the uh, the burning hell is for a movie about hell is surprisingly dull. Um, it, it just sort of drags. I think if horsemen if horsemen tire you, what will footmen do? Is yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Is just. Um, it's 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 Ron Orman's masterpiece. It's well, it's everything that a movie like that should be. What was that famous sample from that, Adam? Uh, Christianity is stupid. Communism is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and who uh, who used that? Negative Land. Negative Land. Okay. Yeah. 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 Christianity that was is when stupid. Because because communism is good. Because I used to listen to Negative Land a lot, like in the nineties. And uh, the song Christianity is stupid. And I always was like, wonder what the hell does that come from. And then after Dr. Future kind of turned me on to this uh, movie and I started and I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's the, <laughs> that's the sample. That's it. <laughs> so, but, uh, but another thing about Orman too, though, that I found out recently because of Adam go and Greg Bishop was that Orman was really involved with the contactee stuff. Yes. Like he, he said, he had this little with, alien in a box. Fly, I think yeah. yeah, I'm not clear on that whole story, but yeah, that's yeah. He he was um he was hooked up with Dan Fry, I think. He was out at Giant Rock a bunch of times. Um yeah. I, I think Van Tassel too. I think he was uh well, if he was at Giant Rock then he probably was was yeah. um tight with Van Tassel to to some degree. But yeah, he really he really got into that stuff and that was like before um the, the plane crash and everything. Now, Ormond, sort of another Ormond, um, oh, what's his name? Reinhold Schmidt um, connection is uh, Ormond did a movie called, I think it's called Please Don't Touch Me. Yes. Which is about a a frigid wife discovering why she's frigid with her husband. It's, it's, it's horrible. Um, and uh, Schmidt has like two quick cameo appearances in it. Like sort of, he sort of like used Schmidt as an extra in this other movie, which why would you do that? Um, big, big doughy sort of Nebraska looking guy, just comforting this young woman or something. It's just weird, weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's just so much with the whole Ron Orman stuff. I mean, that guy really, he really got around it. And like, uh, you know, Tim Orman on that interview uh, that that Mike did with him. I mean, you know, he they grew he grew up in L.A. because that's where they were. But like, you know, like his godfather was like Bela Lugosi. Because yeah, wow. they were also in, you know, Orman was a good friends with Ed Wood, and they were all part yep. of that whole cr- weird kind of crowd in, in in Hollywood. And yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. It's, somebody just needs to make a movie about Ron Orman himself. You know, you know, I, I would I love would that. Think I would think that it would be a really. I, th- I think probably the biggest drawback to that is that like. Only about six people know who he is, so it would be a, a tough sell. But yeah, I mean, now nowadays you don't really need to sell movies to studios like you did in the old days. You just do a Kickstarter, and suckers like me give you fifty bucks, and right, you know, right. someday I get a DVD or something. Yeah, let's maybe produce a Ron Ormond movie. Yeah, well, like at least a documentary. Yeah, I think would be is 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 deserved. I yeah. really do, and like I. It, so so the second thing about the Ryan Holschmidt one was, and this one just had me in tears, dude, was where they're, the, the fifth graders are like, just like <laughs> punching holes in his story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He goes to a school, he like does a school assembly sort of thing. I, I don't know what so-called educator thought this was a, a good thing, but um, no, it was, a, it was a, a local library. It was like a Saturday program at a local library and like a, or something like that. And there were, uh, were a bunch of kids there. And during the, the Q&A, they, they ask him questions. Like they basically, like you said, poke holes in his story. It's like you said that the tablets in the cave under the pyramid were written in English, but English didn't exist for another 3,000 years. How do you explain this? And he'd say something like, well, I don't know how to explain it, but they were in English. Um and you know it just stuff like that and you know how how did the uh, how did the spaceship you know have gravity or how did it prevent you from being smushed when you went into orbit and just basic sort of science questions that by the early 60s you know people were you know savvy enough to ask since we've sent spaceships up into orbit by that time so it was it was just good, and you can just imagine him getting just more and more frustrated with these punk kids. And the the local newspaper just did a, a just a great it was like almost a full page story about or a half page story about this, and verbatim sort of from the Q and A about this. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was just I could just imagine him getting so angry and wondering if he was really making enough money to be humiliated like this. Bizarre, bizarre. But Tim, let's, yes. uh, you know, something we haven't talked about on this show is, uh, you went to the flat earth conference convention out there in Texas. Was that where it was? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a flat earth conference or the convention. Now that I think, I think a conference. Think yeah. Conference. Yeah. So we got to talk about this and this will kind of lead us into a story that you wrote for coast <laughs> to coast, can't, but can't talk. you can't talk about it. No, we can. We can. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I don't know they, 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 I've never, I've never done a show. I think I did one other show on with using this, using this setup. Oh, you sound great now. Yeah. I'm wearing headphones. Whatever you're doing. Not used to wearing headphones and all. It's all very weird. Yeah. Whatever, right, so whatever you're doing, keep it that way, because <laughs> you sound great now. <laughs> okay. 
so what do you want to know about the conference? It was uh, it was interesting. It was really interesting. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. It was like three days. Well, so how did you end up there? Like, what was the what kind of attracted you to like wanting to go there and checking it out? And well, uh, I was on like a flat Earth kick over the yeah. summer because uh, I did a Ford Fest uh, in Baltimore in June and. Then I went uh, to Tennessee, uh, Nashville, for, for you guys' event. So between, like, June and October, uh, I really enjoyed doing the one in, in June, so I wanted to, like, keep it going and dig more into it. And everything. Uh, so, like, uh, about halfway between those two events, around, uh, like, Labor Day, I think I was home or something. I didn't do anything for Labor Day, and I was like, this is, this is, I, I need to go on a trip or something, call, uh, you know. And so uh, I was like, I'll be interested in checking out that Flat Earth Convention. That would be kind of wild. Um, and I was like, well, I have vacation days and, and disposable income. Uh, so let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> it was on a whim. I was just like, uh, and thankfully, uh, by way of my wonderful job, I was able to bypass the enormous cost uh, uh, for the ticket i paid for the flight and the hotel and all that they didn't call me anything like that but uh, what were the ticket costs they were like somewhere between two and three hundred dollars i think or maybe even higher than that dang yeah there was like a vip option that i think it might have been like close to five hundred dollars something like crazy like that so what they do take you to the edge of the world i uh, know no no. <laughs> no i think like you got to hang out and it was like one of those, like uh, one of those things. Not Patreon, I don't think, but it's like when you sign up yeah. and Kickstarter. It was like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, they got a T-shirt and they got this guy signed book and like it was, you know, like your average church. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, one of those things. Like, you know, someone got a casserole. Who knows? So <laughs> they, it was like that. But yeah, the tickets were super expensive. I, on a whim, I was like, oh, I really, uh, I'd like to check this out. And, kind of just rolled the dice and was like it's not it's kind of not like me at all really to do anything like that but uh i got the idea and uh they let me come and everything so uh yeah so i flew to dallas it was at this like fancy hotel uh with this huge like convention center type part of it it was like enormous um and uh it was an embassy suite but it had like a built-on crazy conference area it was really uh huge it, it was just interesting i mean all the people were really cool and nice um i tried to get it across to them that i'm not a flat earther i just wanted to hang out with them and everything um yeah. <laughs> did they ask you to just like give them the wink you know oh we know no they just <laughs> no it, it, it was all different kind of reactions to that like some people were really cool about it other people were like annoyingly being like, yeah, all right, man. Yeah, kind of like what you're saying, like the wing. You're like, yeah, all right. I, I get it, man. You know, you, you wouldn't have come all this way if you were a flat earther. <laughs> that was their argument. And it's like, I'm not the only one who came here <laughs> to, to study you guys. So <laughs> I hate to, hate to tell you. There was at least two people there with me. I had I got two press passes, and uh, Steve Ray was uh, there for one of the days, and another friend of mine was there to take pictures and stuff another day. So. Did you did you have anybody like uh, get onto you about being a being a globe tard or anything like that? Globe tard. 
No, no, no. Jeez. No. There was one. I don't think I've told this story. I don't think I've told this story publicly. So yeah, there was one like frightening incident uh, where it was like the first night. It was kind of late. Uh, I, I sort of, I'm sort of an immersive researcher, so let, we'll put it that way. So I was at the bar. With uh, with all the flat earthers, pretty much just drinking with the flat earthers and hanging out with them and hearing their stories and everything. And I was talking to some guy, was kind of explaining what I was doing and uh, how I was there. And um, he, uh, so it's like in the middle of talking to him, I was trying to explain, like, look at dude, I'm not like all these these uh, I'm not like all these other media people that are gonna come in, they're gonna film you for like ten minutes and then leave, and then cut it all up into some silly segment or something. TV. I'm like, I'm here for the duration. I'm flying home, you know, when you are. So, I'm here all weekend, so just, you know, I'm not like these guys. I'm not like, oh, these fucking flat earthers, they're such, uh, they're such assholes or whatever, you know, these dumb fucks. And I was kind of like, well, I was saying, in the voice of these other media people, well, of course, the guy, some guy came out to the patio, right? Right as I was, like, in the midst of my impression of the other... <laughs> other media types oh. and yeah he he was super fucking pissed he was super pissed and he got all up in my face um and i genuinely thought for a minute or two there that like i was gonna get my ass kicked um, <laughs> because even though i was in the right it was a misunderstanding and everything it was like like i was telling Amy this story and he's like oh i like how you and like, I immediately assume you're going to get your ass kicked. I'm like, dude, I was in like a biker bar, essentially, of flat earthers. It was me right. and all of them. <laughs> Outnumbered. No fucking take my side. So that was, that's the point. It's not just me and this guy. Now there's like a, <laughs> a crowd of flat earthers watching this tense segment, uh, tense situation, I guess, uh, between me and, and the guy. Um, and uh, then, luckily, the guy, the kid I was talking to, was like, "No, no, 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 man! He was, he was, uh, he was just saying that to the other media people. Were like, you know, he's here to, he's here to hang out with us and get to know us and everything." And we, we kind of squared it away. But for a moment there, it was like I even said to the guy at one point, "I'm like, look, man, you're just, you're really too close to me right now, and uh, and like." It's, it's, uh, you know, you're kind of out of bounds. You gotta, like, back up. He was, like, that close. It was, like, it's <laughs> really, it's really quite the scene. Um, yeah. And I was, like, oh my God. Do, do you feel like that they were maybe a little defensive about some of that stuff? That they. Well, that guy certainly was. But I talked to yeah. him. Like, here's the <laughs> other funny part. Here's the, the end of that story, in a sense, sort of the punchline, if you will. But, so then, like, the next day, I just met all these people. And, you know, it's hard to keep track of who's who, you know what I mean? So, unless the someone's particularly colorful. Yeah, most of them just look like no, like normal people. So, it was like, I, I was watching and he was, it was like, went into the conference hall and all of a sudden he's like up there and he's the MC of the events, essentially. So, I didn't, I didn't realize at first, uh, but he was the MC of the event. So, uh, I guess I understand why he would be a little more defensive. Yeah, they were. They were all super on the lookout for. There was a whole situation where some uh, comedian who works for Jimmy Kimmel uh, yeah. was there to do a fake bit where he, he played a crazy conspiracy theorist. Um, but it was all like uh, 
like Borat style. So yeah, you know, he was in character the whole time and and trying to pull and do it. You know, hoodwink the flat earthers, and uh, they they got on really fast and through, and through the bottom. So that was sort of the talk of the weekend, like that they were infiltrated by fucking Jimmy Kimmel trying to. Well, didn't they have something like I think that uh, was the guy's name? Was it Mark Sargent? That, He's the main guy. Yeah. yeah, that you had on your show talking about this, and you know he was talking about something like, uh, like what Aaron Paul or somebody had tried to like say like he was a, a flat earther or something, oh, and that cost some kind of yeah. Logan Paul. Yeah, Logan yeah. Paul. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same difference. Right? Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Paul someone else? I don't they're brothers. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what was your question? Did well, you like, yeah. Well, no, well, like, there was some incident like that where they, so they were, they were super, I guess, hyper vigilant about something like that happening again. But there was something that happened with that with him where he tried to act like he was really serious and really wanted to to, to know what they were talking about, but then he just like totally shit on him later on. Yeah, yeah, he made a movie. He made a documentary. And he went there last year, pretended he was there to listen and become a part of the, you know, the scene. Uh, that, you know, he was, he was open-minded. You know, he was like, ah, I'm on the fence. I think that was kind of how he framed it. Um, and then he made a movie about how they were all dopes and everything. I didn't, I mean, I didn't think they were all dopes. I, I really, they were incredibly likable people. Uh, that was like the funny part, you know. It's like, and I felt really bad for them because everyone shits on them so much. It was like, Jesus, they just, they just believe a dumb idea. Like, you know, they're not hurting anybody. And uh, it, it, it takes on a different thing when you're like actually talking to them. And especially a lot of them are like super religious people. So then it's, it becomes even more complicated uh, for me, at least. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, like, like a really sweet, sweet. African American couple that were selling this, like they had tons of vendors there who were selling this really awesome, uh, and I'm not even religious, a really awesome like game, like a memory game, uh, like the old game memory, but like the cards were like pictures from Bible stories, uh, and like it was, uh, you know, it was really wild. And I was like, these are just like the nicest people, and they have the like most adorable little game here, uh. You know, and they're like, they're super flat earthers. They're like all about how the earth is flat. So it's like, I can't, I can't shit on these people that, you know, they're just misguided. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to, uh, to think that these people are out there, you know, but like you, you kind of like have taken a really fair viewpoint of this Tim, where you kind of like, you know, you're not trying to judge them and you're just trying to like really understand like where they come from with all right, this. exactly yeah because yeah. i believe all kinds of crazy shit and like right. we all do all of us on this show believe something crazy i assume so it's like <laughs> you know i think we all like i think we can all probably just say oh yeah we believe ufos whatever they are real right and to to like even to these people they thought that was like crazy talk like they they laughed at me <laughs> They would laugh at me whenever I brought up the aliens thing, where it's like, yeah. you know, well, what yeah. do you, you think? What about aliens? Do you think aliens can come to the flat Earth? And they're like, you're crazy, man. Well, you're a lot crazy. of them, a lot of them, like you said, come from that religious point of view. But it seemed like it started as like I don't know, like it started as almost like this this 
this almost as a as a kind of a joke or some kind of like yeah. uh, a logical exercise or something like that. Uh, Aaron, you got any thoughts on the the whole I, flat Earth I, movement? I, I mean, this is a new. Get it? I do not get why it's taken off. It it completely befuddles me. Um, I I I think sometimes I when I'm being really optimistic, I think this is some kind of sort of sort of sly sort of 4chan style you know joke but i i don't think it is i i i think there are i i think i think there are people who have lost the ability to think critically about stuff that is not like sort of speculative like aliens or multidimensionalism or you know various religious traditions but but stuff that that's pretty pretty settled you know and we're seeing it not just with with um flat earth geocentric people out there who are like you know the sun really revolves around the earth you know that's sort of making a comeback too oh wow and really i i, I and yeah stuff too, like medicine yeah oh yeah yeah like the uh some of the the, the medical ideas and i mean it, it's just it's it's interesting i i I blame the Facebook, of course, and uh, <laughs> the Facebook, the Facebook, um, and, and, and well, I'm not really sure I'm kidding about that. It, it's just all these ideas spread, and the way the algorithms work, pretty soon you start to see just stuff that's like stuff you've already liked, and so you get the idea that that you know the truth is is right there in front of you and for some reason these idiots don't believe you because they're liking stuff that says the opposite so pretty soon that's all they're seeing yeah. um and and everybody's in their their own little bubble and some of those bubbles are absolutely insane yeah i think we've talked about too how like a lot of these alternative things that are more marginal in the past now with these mediums and these apps and youtube and social networks They've really been given a huge audience like they never had before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, before where where would you get where would you get flat Earth stuff before yeah, right. <laughs> social media? Yeah. You'd have to like go out and seek out specific websites, of which there weren't many, I don't think, or you'd have to just like somehow in real life connect with people who were interested in it, and the odds of that are astronomical so yeah I, I really think that that this sort of this sort of social internet has uh has to take the blame for some of this well it's very much a youtube phenomenon I, yes really interesting like uh you know we all go to nashville in, in september i think between at least four of us will have a, have a podcast uh at least i bet you there's probably more people there who will have a podcast and uh like at the at the convention they're, they were all about YouTube. That was their whole thing. They, and, like, to me, I just kind of woke up to this recently. Where it was just like, I came to realize that, like, there's this whole other world of, 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 of entertainment that people just, people just watch YouTube. They don't even watch TV or anything. Especially young people, uh, those youngs. Um, you know, that's all the, these Logan Paul people are like. They have, like, millions of people who... It's like what is that? Like more people watch this guy's ten minute video than like half the shows on CBS or whatever. This is crazy. Uh, but yeah, they all have YouTube channels, and that's how that's how they're like, "Well, oh, watch my channel, watch my channel." And, and uh, so I thought that was really interesting. It's like unlike anything I can recall from our end of the paranormal. Yeah, I yeah. you know the the YouTube stuff. I mean, I'm 
well, I'm not showing my age. This is not really an age thing. I, I don't know where people get the time to sit through these videos to get their information. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just give me something to read so I can read it at my own speed. Don't I'm, I'm sitting here. It's like, I can't, well, I'm not following yeah. this. Without this being, is, yeah. Without being too elitist. I mean, I think that's what really separates a lot of these communities Yeah, and a lot of these people. Do, I mean, just be honest, not, I'm not saying flat earthers, but people who are into watching and learning primarily on YouTube. Aren't really avid readers. I, I will be elitist. And um, yeah, I I'll say yes. <laughs> These people they they don't read books, and the people who are active in promoting the ideas don't write books. Yeah. Um, and the and, people who have been reading books have a context, especially people into alternative stuff who have been reading books for a long time have a context of. You know the, how long these ideas have existed, where they came from, etc. Whereas a lot of people just stumble into stuff on YouTube and get into it, they don't have any context. Yeah, and I think I think you you do see that a little bit in the UFO field as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, Tim will, Tim would agree with me on this, but um, I've seen a lot of people getting into UFOs via YouTube, and then if you look at the comments or you look on the you know the Twitter replies under the tweets with the video, you can tell these are. These are people who who don't know much about the UFO field and about the UFO field's history and about what things they are excited about that we all figured out were a con like 30 years ago. And um, when you point that out – or I don't point things out to them because I I don't respond to people. But um, (laughs) I – I, I've learned my lesson, but uh, you, you see people say, "Well, you know, so and so wrote about this." And it's like, "Oh, you're an elitist. You're a gatekeeper. You you don't want new blood in the field." It's like, no, we just don't want you. You know, it, it's just yeah, we yeah. want somebody who knows what's who's willing to admit they don't know what's going on yet. Um, and sorry, you know, junior UFO YouTube <laughs> scout, that's not <laughs> it. Um, it's like. We, let the grown-ups do things. Have you yeah. seen Secure yeah. Team 10? Have you seen that? Oh, my that? God. The, I, uh, the truth, man. It's fun to sort of watch ironically. If you can sort of detach yourself from getting irritated, you know, it's, it's sort of fun to watch. Like, oh, this, this is – if I didn't think there were you know, most of the people watching it who actually took some of this stuff seriously, it would be a little more yeah. funny. Um, right. it's, but yeah, their stuff is, yeah. their stuff's just, just goofy as hell. Yeah. There's a big difference between podcast people and YouTube people. There's a big That's, difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about some of the presentations, Tim? Were any of those that were, did you find particularly interesting or, you know, that made you think, or was it more kind of like the presentations kind of like really just cross pollinated each other or were they more similar? I mean, how did... Well, from an outsider perspective, looking yeah, into yeah. this group, you know, uh, it's well, the problem is that it was just that it was a flat earth convention. So it was the, the topics were just the, the flat earth for two days. So <laughs> by the time you've seen like four presentations, you're like, I get it. I get it. The Earth is like the flat. I get it. You're were any the of them specialized? Flat. Like, were so, was they there were one like, on the firmament, yeah, one on the like end of the Earth? Off. They were like, uh, I'm trying to think of one. There was one that, like, somebody had a theory about how the stars are made up on the dome, because they think of the dome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they went through a whole, like, thing about how uh, 
scientific experiments they were trying to to document the <sighs> document the um, the lights on the dome. So that was um, I'm laughing because like they it's not their fault. Uh, they they were like I think. It happens like in every convention, but it's like they couldn't get any of the of like the audiovisual shit working. So it was like it really it kind of made me laugh in a way where it's like I don't know I don't know how much I, I, I'm getting more increasingly skeptical of your ability here with these scientific experiments. The the more you can't get the PowerPoint working, like I don't, you know what I mean. I was <laughs> So, oh man! So I was, I was, I, and I mean that was that's mean because like it happens in every conference, and, right? You know, right. but it was just funny to me the juxtaposition of like we have these incredible experiments. If we could only turn this thing on to show you, it was like what, what the fuck? <laughs> um, that was like yeah, that was like amusing. Uh, but they were again. I feel back. It's like when I talked to one of the guys in the presentation. He was like a wonderful dude. So it was. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to laugh at them, but it was a funny situation. But they, uh, yeah, it was never. Well, Mark Sargent started the day out, and he like rallied. That was probably like the best one I saw because he kind of like just did this state of flat Earth theory, where where we're at in the in the war to convince everybody that the Earth is flat and everything. Um, yeah, so that was probably the best. But the rest of that got kind of like repetitive. Um, where, yeah, it, it just kind of seemed to all be trying to make the case for the flat Earth in different ways, but not. There's only so many ways you can do it. You know, I think one of them was like, here's one of the presentations was like, here's the NASA, here's here's all, all the things in the NASA photos that prove that they're fake. Like that was kind of interesting. But again, it's like after you've seen like a whole shitload of them, you're kind of like, all right. What what else do you have? Is this, this going to be ninety minutes of pictures? Um, you know, and then I so that one there was one that was like, oh, way science was was wrong before, sort of so, you know, and how like things like evolution are just a theory and uh, that kind of stuff, just sort of like clap, put cast doubt into people's minds and shit. Yeah. So that brings a recent event that just happened that you wrote about on Coast to Coast about this guy, a flat earther that was trying to pass out or to, he was trying to do some kind of thing where he was trying to, um, tell the truth to the, uh, to, to the school kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I met him. I met him in, uh, in Dallas. He's a good dude. If you've seen the curve movie, uh, yeah. behind the curve, uh, yeah. he's in it briefly. He's in okay. it at the beginning. Um, uh, he, in the movie, not unlike in this thing that happened this week, last week, he uh, in the movie, he runs up to a car, a lady in a convertible, and he's like, hey, did you know, uh, did you know the, the flat earth, uh, you know about the flat earth? Like <laughs> Spread the, the gospel. So, yeah, right. so he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a proselytizer. He's a preacher man. So, apparently, uh, Nathan Thompson's his name. And he, again, super nice guy. Even in this video he made, it's like just weird because uh, he just keeps talking. Like he's talking. It's a live video that he made. Like a, it was a YouTube live. Yeah, YouTube. And uh, he just like he just kept being like, "I love you" to the audience. 
you know, where he's like, yeah, so I think that's it. I love all of you. He's just like he's exuding this love. It's like, oh, uh, you know, it's it's just wow, a little off-putting, I guess, in a way, uh, where it's just like, oh, this guy's really, he's blissed out, man. He's blissed out for because he found out about the flat earth. So anyway, he, uh, I, you know, I don't know what got into his head, but he decided to go over to this uh, playground and uh, so the whole thing sounds like bad, you know. So like, yeah, I wrote the story. It was like, <laughs> I I had to like really try and get a title that didn't sound, like, <laughs> you know, like the most curious thing you can imagine. It's like why? Just like I think it's just a general rule of thumb. Like unless you're picking up a kid. Like, stay the fuck away from elementary school playground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't belong there, dude. You just, you don't belong there, man. No, there's nothing no good, good can come from that. No good reason. Yeah. Oh, Fly your fucking drone somewhere else or whatever. You're like, just don't, don't, don't be doing things. So he, he goes to this uh, elementary school and he stands outside the fence and he start, it starts yelling, uh, he, he says, hey, kids, uh, you know, uh, space is fake. They're going to teach you that space is fake. A spinning ball. Uh, that doesn't make it true. It's not real. Uh, the floor is moving a thousand miles an hour. It is not moving a thousand miles an hour. Um, yeah. He's like shouting and shit. And uh, the funny, again, like, it all, it's just this wrong place, dude. Wrong, wrong just wrong, 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 wrong. And I guess in the video, he's like, he says, uh, "This is the, this is what, this is the lingo for uh, for like wake people up with flat Earth knowledge." He says, "I'm gonna flat smack them." <laughs> so, <laughs> oh god! So right then and there, it's like, dude, don't, don't, again, it's like, don't be flat smacking anybody at the fucking elementary school playground, dude. That's like, <laughs> it's just so fucking such a bad idea. So. Yeah, the video, and he like he's filming it live, and and uh, it's so uncomfortable because like you can see the teachers there and shit, and they're like, no, 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 good kids, go, get away from the fence. And again, it's like not even the period part of the thing. It's just like who the fuck knows? Like, like you know, it's a dangerous world, dude. Like yeah. if some strange dude comes up to the playground fence and starts shouting, it's like. Get the get the kids away from this dude. I mean, this is like lockdown situation. They don't yeah. fuck around at schools and shit. My mom teaches at an elementary school, and like they're they don't, you know. Again, it's like <laughs> surprise visitors are not <laughs> what yeah. they what they want in elementary schools, dude. So and he tries to like hand them pamphlets and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, you, dude, you gotta go. You know, you can't. We can't take any shit from you. <laughs> can't take your pamphlets. And it's like, it's like, this is, that's the, to me, that's, if I talk to him, I, I maybe I will someday, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't like read all this shit I wrote. I, I was very <laughs> fair to him. Uh, I hope he doesn't hear about it, but, um, like, to me, it's like, dude, I can forgive, like, you being misguided about the flat earth thing, but like, to do this, to do, to do what you did, that yeah. sounds like a complete. That's like dumber than the flat Earth thing, dude. Like, like you're like, what is wrong with you? Even if you went to preach there about Jesus or something else, it's like, dude, just don't do that, dude. You know, yeah. I don't care what you believe in, don't do that. Yep. So it's not the way to 
it's not the way to, to, to win followers because the headline is man screams at children on playground that they're not on a spinning ball. There's no – you're not going to get sympathetic coverage from anybody except people who already agree with you who are going to say how you know Big Globe is trying to shut you down by, by arresting you. Um, I don't know if Big Globe is a thing. <laughs> yeah, is it I, I, Tim? I think, yeah, the I big, think so. Big Globe. You're in the you're in the Tim's just in the pocket of Big Globe. Um, <laughs> now, what about this guy who this rocket guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh this yeah, that's Mad, the other thing. Mad Mike you know, Hughes guy, Mad, yeah. Mad, Mad Mad Man Mike or whatever. Yeah. Well, he's the skinny on Mad Mike from Uh-oh. inside the flat Earth world is uh, he was like not he, he they don't like him they didn't like him uh, apparently after he died like his associate said like, oh, he wasn't really into the flat earth. They just said that to get attention and it worked. So we kept saying it and shit. So he wasn't really, I don't think he was really a flat earther. And all, okay. the, all the flat earth people like hated him. And the, apparently, uh, he was, apparently he was suing Mark Sargent. Uh, so Mark Sargent apparently was being sued by him. And, and, and so Rolling Stone Caught up with like the uh, caught up with uh, Mark Sargent after after uh, after Robbie guy died, and uh, and he said like he said essentially he said like it, it was I don't want to put words in his mouth. He said something along the lines like it was it was worth it for him to die because uh, <laughs> it generated you know interest in the flat earth. So. It, I know you're a wrestling fan, Tim. This sounds like wrestling. Mad Mike Hughes versus Mark Sargent. Like they got this beef going. Yeah, it's, it was, a, it's, it a, it's a globe on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me see. I'll, I want to get the quote right, so I don't. Uh, yeah. So Mark Sargent said, "Was it worth it to create the awareness?" Yeah, sure, absolutely, it was. I'll officially say that. So, so. Uh, this guy dying was worth it to create the awareness. What's what's some of the lingo? Because I, I know we've mentioned a few, right? Like a uh, globe tard. Do they say that globe, often? Globe tard. What's yeah. some other uh, lingo that we may not know? Uh, I don't know any other really. Just like round earthers. Round earthers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call us. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, I might I, not have been. I might not have been indoctrinated enough to get it. Okay. Learn, yeah. Uh, that's the third I, uh, degree. I, uh, I on, on Twitter, I, I follow cursed conspira boomer images and um, their Twitter feed. And it's they're all think Globehead, Globehead. That's one. Oh, yeah, Globehead. Okay. yeah, Globehead. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, this is yeah, this is this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Glo- Globehead is Globehead. I, I see a lot of Globehead. 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 Yeah, it's and, and lots apparently of, flat apparently flat smack is flat uh, smack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, flat smack that ass. <laughs> yeah, that was the first I heard of flat smack, and I was like, holy sh! Like, <laughs> I, I, I like kind of love it. It's like, what the fuck? That's such a that's a you know that's a very it's catchy. It's catchy flat smack. <laughs> So, speaking of conspiracy theories, Aaron, you uh, yeah, most recent. I guess you're doing this whole thing called the Saucer Afterlife now. Your yeah, I, seven I or ten minutes. Now I can't snippets. Stop. Um, yeah, 
But yeah. I wanted to, you know, th- this one, uh, Serfiano will appreciate this. I don't know if he's heard this one, but uh, talking about William Cooper and uh, <laughs> his War of the I, Worlds conspiracy theory. I, 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 just, I just can't quit William Cooper. It, it's it's just, I, I he's can't He's your stop. favorite. He is. He is. He is. Um, so while a couple of weeks back, I, I did an episode on, on sort of paranormal radio through the years yeah radio and days I, which that was yeah, that's radio an days. awesome show i definitely I, thanks it. thanks i, I like that one because i uh, i was able to just like drop in a bunch of clips and not talk as much um but uh but i on twitter and facebook i said so you know who do you think of when you think paranormal radio or flying saucer radio and there were several people who mentioned the orson wells war of the worlds broadcast from 1938 which i get it isn't really what i was going for and i didn't expect people to say it but i probably should have and i was like that's good but i'm not sure where to fit that in so i was like oh my gosh william cooper had a whole thing about it he had this whole conspiracy and i haven't done enough research to know if he ripped this theory off from somebody else like he did a lot of his stuff uh he probably did but he had this whole thing where he traced sort of the development of the war of the worlds broadcast uh very very shoddily traced it back to the um the princeton radio research project which was was basically a a social science research project to study the, the effects of mass media on the population and he implied on his radio show uh, just in the way he he phrased things, and he did this very carefully when he wasn't drunk. He he was usually very very careful about how he did these things. He made it sound like the Princeton Radio Research Project created the War of the Worlds broadcast as an experiment. That's absolutely not what happened. The Princeton Radio Research Project studied the effects of the War of the Worlds broadcast, but it wasn't. They didn't go to Orson Welles and say, "We, we got you know I don't know what it would cost twenty five bucks. We want you to." do this broadcast to um to freak people out and so he he just went into this and 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 all the way through it but then he sort of like there's this radio signal that says 2x2l 2x2l like they're they're trying to get a, a radio broadcast out and cooper explains that this means that 2x2l means double cross to hell and and so it's it's a secret you know symbol uh, because because the conspirators always have to tell you what yes. they're doing, right revelation they, they, of the they, method they, they, yep they the revelation of the method they have to do it <laughs> awesome. um, and uh, revelation of the method if that's not a band name it oh, yeah. <laughs> that that would just be a, a great oh gosh what well, it's sort of sort of you know acid house sort of yeah, thing yeah. called revelation of the method i think it's like i think massive attack but not as cool um so he he does this and then in the broadcast he of course ends it with a long rant about everybody in ufology and how they're working for the cia and the illuminati and he's got his greatest hits about cia agent vicky ecker and her husband don ecker who's just a dupe you know and it's, it's just his hatred for everybody in the ufo field is is just delicious um because he knows that he knows that he oh this is this is harsh he knows he couldn't cut it as a ufo guy he couldn't work that scam as well as other UFO people worked the scam, he had to he had to jump on the militia scam, and yeah. that doesn't pay as well. And, and so he he has some. Uh, see, this is my 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 economic and class based analysis of Bill Cooper, right? I can, I can be a sociologist now. You know, he he you know he he experienced this sort of sort of um, 
oh, status anxiety because he sort of washed out of the UFO field and then had to you know, pretend he didn't want to be part of it at all because it's all infiltrated by the Illuminati. And, and he's out there exposing the truth, but he just sounds yeah. so well, sad. He, he can use that. that again to be like, oh, I was on the inside, I know, just yeah. like he, he does with his naval pedigree, you know. Yep, yep. They, uh, they, he just, he just says, well, you know, I was part of this, so I know that John Lear worked for the CIA. Well, every, everybody knows John Lear worked for the CIA. He, 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 he's pretty open about it. Um, but yeah, he, he just, oh, he was just so obnoxious and, but, but sort of pitiful at the same time. There, there's just this, this sort of drunk loser sadness to him Dang. that. That I, I mean, and I mean that. I mean that. I, I mean <laughs> in, that in a good, nice way. <laughs> in a nice way, he's got a drunk loser sadness to him. But um, the uh, the Mark Jacobson biography, uh, Pale Horse Rider, that came out uh, a couple years ago. If, if you're at all interested in Cooper, I I've got really, to it. I really recommend it. It's it's a quick read. Um, if anything, it's uh, I was surprised at how sympathetic. To Cooper, it was. Um, it, it it presents him in a very sort of humanistic way, a very humane way. It doesn't sort of sugarcoat anything, um, but they they talk about they talk to his daughter. Um, the the author interviewed Cooper's daughter, the one who not the ones who were like the little kids on the show, but his daughter from one of his other four marriages, who was an adult at that point and came down to stay with him for a while, and she was the daughter that the FBI tried to use to set up a sting operation on on Cooper. And there is an episode of The Hour of the Time where it's right after she told Cooper about how the feds, you know, offered her like money for a $500 a month apartment like back in Oregon or something if she would just sort of set up a sting operation and to get Bill arrested and um this episode it's it's out on it's out on YouTube it's the quality's terrible it's not on the official Bill Cooper radio archive at the hour of the time website but he is just just angry and passionate and very sort of slurry with his words and he's just you know how dare you use my daughter against me which i you know i i got some sympathy for that point of view but it, it, that one episode and i i didn't know about it till i read this book because it wasn't on the official list of episodes and uh, it, it's just it's just fascinating and um because he's he's just such a raw figure and, and between the the biography and his fbi file which is out there on the internet now and and the redacted stuff you can sort of work out what he's what he's sort of what they're sort of talking about um and uh one of the fbi agents the special agent in charge steve Fillerup, who was out there for a while he wrote a book what sort of a, a name yes yeah, steve Fillerup. it's a great name um it, it, it can't be real but it is um he uh he wrote self-published a book called heaven's hammers which is sort of a, a broad sort of overview of his time in law enforcement but there's a couple chapters on Cooper. And, and so you put all these sources together. And what I tried to do, because I, I'm crazy, is I tried to follow with the biography and the FBI file and this FBI agent's biograph, autobiography, where in the radio program things were happening 
like when they're talking about observing him and, and he's talking to the agents and these confrontations. And when I go back to try to figure out what episodes are playing, those are a lot of times where they were playing reruns for like four months at a time. So there are these big gaps where we don't have the day-to-day, you know, Cooper on his radio show saying, today I went to the store and I did this and we're setting up a new antenna out here on at the house. And he's, you know, being all sort of Bill Cooper domestic and everything. Um, there's a lot, there's some stretches there in the late 90s where uh, he just isn't on the air. And now he was bouncing around from sort of shortwave station to shortwave station. Um, but it, it's it's just... It's just fascinating. And the, the War of the Worlds things is just another example of how he would take – and he wasn't the only one to do this or the first one to do it. But but he did it you know, in a way that was on the radio that we still have recordings of, right? And he just takes every little thing and turns it into something huge uh, as the best conspiracy theorists do. He's – He's like a uh, oh this is this is I can't believe I'm saying this sentence. He's like a tolerable sane David Ike. Uh, the, huh. the sort of the sort of the same sort of hyperactive dot connecting that David Ike does, but you get the sense with Cooper that he's really searching for some kind of truth that he can cling to. And um, with Ike, you just get the impression that he's making money off of suckers. Um, but Have you done an Ike show yet? Oh, oh man, I can't stand David Ike. The problem, with oh, doing like da- David Ike. the problem with doing a David Ike show is that David Ike people just sort of appear out of the woodwork. And I, I, I don't want to deal with David Ike people. Do you, think, do you think that that's like just too kind of too fresh it's, at the moment? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's tough to do. It, it's, it's tough to do. So, um, but but Cooper is is he, he's just got this and the biographer um, Mark Jacobson he makes a really good observation about Cooper that that I had never thought of and I, I think this is this is really dead on is is that Cooper talked a lot about returning America to what it once had been and, and lots of imagery of how things were back before really before Kennedy was assassinated that, that's sort of the turning point for him um, but the biographer makes a really good point in that Cooper never really lived or grew up in the United States. He, he grew up on military bases overseas um, and military bases here in the States sometimes because his, his dad was in the service. And so he comes back to the States after Vietnam, after he serves in Vietnam, and and it's, you know, early 1970s America, which is not white picket fence Andy Griffith type of stuff. And it's, it's more, you know, Chinatown and warmed over hippie kind of stuff. And, and he, he just, he's like yearning for an America. He feels like he missed out on, but never, never really existed. If you, you know, talk to people who lived back then, you know, all sorts of problems all over the place. Right. Right. He just like read about it in magazines. And yeah. Just, yeah. He, he had this. I'm missing out on this. He had yeah. It, it's like the, the, the hippies and the Illuminati took away, you know the America that I experienced, and oh, I, and, I wish, and, and I, OH and OH Krill was part yeah, of that too. OH Krill, OH Krill, yeah. John Grace, that guy was weird. <laughs> yeah, I, of course, I was the whole time you're talking. I'm looking for Serfiel's copy of "Behold a Pale Horse" because I know every good conspiracy theorist needs a copy of "Behold a Pale Horse." 
you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. What behold you may the have never is. read a word of it, but you have it. I've I've, I've read every word um, multiple times, and I'll tell you what it's good for. It's good for keeping people away from you. <laughs> in public places. When I was in uh, when I was in graduate school, I you know little 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 glimpse into my life here. When I was in uh, in graduate school and uh, you know flat ass broke, I um I would have to you know a couple times a week do what most students do at some point in their life go sell some blood plasma right. So if you've ever been to one of these blood um, this is this is rough stuff, folks. If you've ever been to one of these blood plasma places, like when they open up at six in the morning, and you oh, realize yeah. the people standing there in line have been probably standing there since about three in the morning, oh, Jesus. for some reason, um, it's it's a it's an interesting crew, and it's an interesting interesting crew that really wants to talk to you about stuff, mostly about their odd lives. And uh, you you show up with a copy of Behold a Pale Horse. And you get two things. You get people looking at you like you're crazy, and you get crazy people sort of giving you that look of like, right on, brother. You know, so yeah, it, it's – Yeah, but they sort of respect the fact that yeah. you're like, oh, that, that, that little brother there is, is sort of learning about what we already know. You know it, it's, it's a, they don't have to talk to you about it. Right. They, they just say, you know, finish the book, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll share this knowledge with uh, – we'll know that we share this knowledge. And it's amazing. I you know, went to – for some reason, I went to Barnes and Noble a while back, and um, I had nothing better to do for like 45 minutes. So I went to an actual, you know, chain bookstore, and right there on the shelf, like two copies of Behold yeah. a Pale Horse. Yeah, you know, it's that uh, that woman who um, runs that little that what is it Inner Light Pub? Not Inner Light, but um, so Sedona Press or something like that. That woman who who published that book made probably made so much money off of that. And from what Cooper said later in life, um, he did not see very much of that money. Um, yeah. Yes. So she made a smart decision on that. It's weird how it's always in stock. Yeah. Well, it sells. A, yeah. a little too weird, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, Tim Tim had brought this up as we were kind of talking about what things to talk about for the show. It's a little timely and topical. What's you guys' thoughts about the whole coronavirus thing and how it's kind of been like we're in such a perilous kind of really divisive political year now and just the our politics is so divisive and and people really like, you know, going at it with each other and then this thing gets introduced into people's lives and now it seems like it's been become really politicized and like almost like on both sides yeah. and, and besides the conspiracy yeah. theories that are, or that are out there about it. Yeah. Too. Besides that, we've been talking about how there's like no, now that we, you know, we have the worst breakdown of like a single narrative that's ever happened before. And all these people really into conspiracy theories, yep. you know, yep. this is going to be the first pandemic in this new media environment. Like, what is this going to be like? Yeah. It's and, already and getting really scary. It's, it is it is so weird. I mean, diseases like information about the disease aside, at least where I am, people seem to be sort of punching the I don't know what to do, but I've got to do something button. And so okay. my uh, my wife went to uh, Kroger tonight. There are no gallon jugs of water in stock. 
I don't know what people think is going to happen to the water, yes. but yeah, that's the, they're yeah, buying I've it all. I've seen people on Twitter like, that are like, I just stocked up on canned vegetables and shit. It's like – It's like what, what do you think is going to happen? This is – you know, yeah. it, and, and I, I, like uh, Clorox wipes and stuff like that, yeah. you know, it's, it's difficult to find. I tried to order some on Amazon. They're like out of stock on Amazon. It, it's – it's weird, but um, actually, Clorox wipes are probably a good idea yeah, with Clorox with just with any kind of disease. But it, it's funny. I got a got an email from from my church that we are we are suspending handshaking during you know that part of the service where you shake people's hands until further notice. And I'm just thinking, fist why bumping in church? Yeah, yeah. It's like why wasn't this decision made back when we heard it was one of the worst flu seasons ever? You know, it, it, it's just this this. I mean. Regardless of of what is really happening with, you know, or what might happen with the with the coronavirus, it's not like there aren't other diseases we should have been washing our hands about, you know, up till now. Oh yeah. Um, that with with higher death rates, you know, if you if you look at if you look at influenza, so it's um I think there's there's like two narratives, and there's there's one narrative of you know we are completely doomed, and there's another narrative of it's basically a cold, and if you die, it's because you were weak in the first place. You know, it's only gonna it's only gonna hit these certain populations very hard. So don't worry, it's not it's not a big deal. Everybody's panicking over nothing, and then there are people who are just sort of on the other extreme. And there's there's just not a lot of you know, and we don't really have the information infrastructure to get I don't know, sort of a a cohesive narrative out there. Like you said, the narrative narratives about everything are so sort of fractured these days. It's you know, people are going to believe about coronavirus what is said to them by media outlets they identify with politically and culturally and socially. On and YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, I, I'm 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 hearing I'm I'm seeing posts on Facebook like don't you know, whatever you do, don't get any vaccines because that makes the coronavirus worse. I'm like, what? I, I <laughs> What? It's like no. There are different viruses out there. They're 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 they're. Uh, it, it's yeah. Mm, well, like at, at my at my true. job, we've got some uh, people into like alternative stuff, really Afrocentric people, and like they're already just openly talking about. Oh well, no. If you're Africans, can't get it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> where are you getting this from? Oh, there's this Nigerian doctor. He says so we're cool, but you better be careful. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, so it's already just there's a million little narratives going on already, and then like, but what happens when it actually you know hits the interior of the country or right? I mean, it's no one's going to believe the media, you know? Nope. Yeah, considering they haven't like even tested that many people, like part of me kind of just almost assumes that like it's probably way worse than we even uh, know necessarily, you know, just because just because no one. How, how do we know if anyone like Idaho has it or whatever? If they're not testing, you know, if they're not testing. It. Every it seems like every day they find a couple more people here and a couple more people there, and it's like, uh, you know, I feel like if they had like some kind of over-the-counter thing, I'd be like, oh, it turns out like a shitload of people have this, and some of them I don't even. Here's the here's the weird part though. Like, maybe you, know, you guys are more informed on this than I am. I'm kind of just sort of vaguely following this as best I can through my own safety and shit. But it's like I don't even know. What, like, what it feels like to have this, like, I don't, you know, it's not like the Ebola thing where, like, you start melting and shit. It's like, I don't know what anything, yeah. I haven't heard anybody 
say, I guess it's just like, what, a persistent cough or something. I've heard other yeah. people say that. And we're like, still in a terrible, we're still in a terrible flu season right now. I mean, I got it. Right, it, was, exactly. it was the worst of my life. Yeah. I don't even really know, like, you know, I wouldn't know if I even have it. Well, <laughs> like, like yeah, that's. Up. That's a good point, Tim, because the thing is, is that what there's the, the CDC is saying for most people, you're going to have mild symptoms. You're going to feel like you have the flu. You might feel terrible. You're going to have some kind of upper respiratory infection, essentially. I get one of those literally every year. I go to work feeling terrible. And there's people out there that are going to be like me that are going to go to work you know, not even, they're not going to get any kind of treatment. They're just going to, yeah. they're just going to spread it. And it's, but, but the, you know, the people you got to, you, you apparently have to worry about. And I think it's true. Or like the older people that, you know, maybe are people that have some, maybe kind of like pre existing condition that would cause them the, 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 the people that have died so far here in the United States, that's been, that's been true. And, you know, I, it, the other thing is though, too, is like this thing has been going on around the world. I mean, it went on in China where it started. It's gone on in Italy. It's gone on in other countries. And like the responses, the response here though, and I think the the media is, is somewhat to blame a little bit is that all of a sudden this became about Trump. And this became and it's like just this pre-existing thing about Trump and and the, the media doesn't like Trump. He doesn't like the media, this little battle that's going on. And then all of a sudden the coronavirus gets inserted into the, in, into the narrative. Yep. And it's yeah. like, how much is that on both sides really doing a disservice to people being actually informed about the, what's really going on with this virus? And is it just being politicized? Yeah, uh, it could be. It I mean, nothing is, is off limits. Political now, so, you know. Yeah. Are there any particular uh, conspiracy theories around Corona that you guys found interesting? I, I mean, so far, I mean, the, the, the conspiracies that, that I've sort of noticed are sort of the, the, the very sort of, sort of realistic sort of reality based conspiracies about sort of messaging and positioning from, from the administration sort of, you know, they're attempting to downplay it and it's going to kill us all that sort of thing. Um, As far as like, wacky stuff i uh i haven't really haven't really seen much um yeah the only like conspiracy theory i've seen is like that, that it was made in a lab and it got off by accident but that i was i was listening to npr the other day on the way to the grocery store or whatever and i hear a lady talking about actually this very topic is what i'm mentioning it's like she's like that that like movie scenario of that it, like it was made in a lab and it escaped is, is it gets attached to every time something right. like this happens so it's like it's not even surprising that people are like, uh, you know, that it was made less. It's actually kind of funny, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe they revised this now. It's like the weirdest conspiracy theory to me is this is is the mainstream story where it's like what, like some dude got it from like eating a bat or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like what? Like, I know they eat weird shit, but it's like they've been eating weird shit forever over there. Like. Yeah. Who, who got this back set? That's the, well, that's, the, that's the question. Well, here here's the, here's the other here's another aspect of this too that's really concerning and worrisome and this unfortunately happens every time uh that something like this occurs 
you know, now you've got this whole thing about, you know, Asian people being yelled at or beat oh, up, yeah. or, you know, like, like they're spreading this virus. I mean, that's just absolutely awful. I mean, this is just, I mean, just the vigilante type of just kind of shit that you, that you see when people just like get scared and, and, you know, yeah, that's so. just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like 9-11 with like... Like Indian people were were getting killed and shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You're not even from the people who did this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did yeah. There were there were the there were Sikhs that were yeah. were being Sikhs killed because they wore targeted. the turbans. Yeah, yeah they're not yeah. Muslim. Yeah. No, not at all. They're like from a whole other part of the world. Oh my god! Yeah, then, it's, it's yeah. It's just weird. I'm just kind of watching it all unfold. We're like right in the middle of this maelstrom of what it, you know what I, I mean? It's like. Yeah. feels like we're on some kind of weird tipping point, like I said, where it's either going to be, oh, shit, this is way bigger than we thought, or, like, somehow whip her out and maybe even, you know, like, as crazy Trump said, uh, you know, a miracle will happen, and it'll just go away. So, I, I don't, you know, to me, it's like, there's a part of me, yeah. too, that's talking about, in a sense, conspiracy theories, just like human nature, where it's... Like, we've been in this for, uh, you know, I know, I know well, all of us have been in it for a long time. It's like, we've seen this, especially after 9-11, it seems. Like, after 9-11, it was like, all of a sudden, it was like all these different fucking uh, diseases showed up, like, every few years, you know? Or it was like, what was it, SARS? Yeah, uh, swine, swine yeah. flu, bird flu. Swine flu, bird flu, yeah, yeah. There's even a monkeypox, I could have sworn. I could have sworn monkeypox was a thing that was around and definitely SARS that was like the big one uh, so part of it's just kind of like I think people are uh, it's hard to get people to be too concerned about it in a sense even though this yeah. one seems way worse than all the other ones in the past but at least as far as like where it keeps popping up and shit well so it's, it's, it's interesting because we talked about the tornadoes the, the tornado at the beginning of this and you know yesterday I was like sitting there like thinking, what should I do? You know, what should I do about the coronavirus? Is it going to be bad? You know, I'm trying to convince myself it's not going to be that bad. I'm worried about my mom and dad because they're older. I don't want, and all this kind of things that I'm worried about because the media is like kind of putting this into my head. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, this tornado happens and like, ain't nobody's talking about this, you know? And, yeah. and, and this is not a priority, right? At, at this moment here in Nashville. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a, a a good point that you know a lot of times I mean not to not to diminish what anybody out there might be going through but we tend to as a population um, you know tend to panic about things a little because we aren't you know all underneath a tornado and we aren't you know in Syria you know, getting shelled or, you know, things like that. You know, there's, there's all, there's, there are, you know, people who are, who are dealing with, you know, real shit right now who are not worried about the coronavirus because they're trying to find, you know, money to eat today. Um, Or they've got one of a billion other health crises going on that are actually, you know, infecting their body in some way. And I I think, I, I think one of the problems is, like, like you sort of say, the, the, the news, the, the sort of news cycle sort of needs something to keep it going, right? So this is the thing. And every time we look at a website or every time we, we turn on the news, there is some new angle 
about this, just like there was about SARS and, and avian flu and and all of those things. There's some new angle that that people get concerned about. And that's not to say we shouldn't be concerned about potential epidemic public yeah. health crises, but there's there's being concerned in a constructive way, and then there's just sort of it's like you know you, you can't just you can't just you know go nuts and, and panic, panic. And, and you can't just sort of shut down and ignore everything either yeah. you just got to be a, a, a rational person yeah um, which is to, difficult to kind of underscore that point you know it's like the trump had talked about uh, i thought this was interesting is just that you know you talked about well I guess somebody had informed him because of coronavirus. I mean, you know, coronavirus, this is, it's kind of a misnomer because that's what it is, but it's a new form of it. Right. Coronavirus has been with us for a long time. And it What's hasn't been a popular word. Yeah. And, and the, uh, so that's where people like circle the Lysol bottle and said like, you know, the meme on Facebook, like, what do you mean? This, this is a new virus. How could, how could Lysol get rid of it? You know, oh, they knew again, about it. people not reading. But, you know, he says, oh, well, like when the weather warms up, it'll probably go away and all this kind of thing. And then I saw someone, one of the, the, this, the long panic, you know, comments on there. And they're like, it's in Nigeria now. There's one person that had in Nigeria. It's in Nigeria now. They've got it. Like it's warm there all the time. And then you read, I read a couple of days later, you know, the Nigerians are like, you know, well, we're, we, we, we've got this. Um, we're going to try to keep it under control as best we can. And by the way, we lived through Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tim, I think you linked this uh, article with, uh, a, a theory that, uh, the, the title of the article is it came from space scientists links coronavirus to meteorite. So those, those cons- uh, they got a link to it from, uh, the coast site, but no, I didn't write about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's all I was saying. You just linked to it, but, uh, you know, you've got conspiracy theories already about it coming from space, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so much. Yeah, there's just so many. Really, like I said, well, really, I've got just not many conspiracy theories, but most of them are all kind of like pretty, pretty standard. Except for the one Aaron mentioned that was like, which is very true, where it's like, yeah, it's a conspiracy, this weird conspiracy theory where it's like, they're not telling us the truth about this shit. It's, it's uh, you know, it's worse than... That they're telling us. I think mean, it is worse than they're telling us because they don't even know. Because no, right, they're not testing anybody from what I can tell. They barely, you know, they're like, don't come in unless you're really sure you have the coronavirus. It's like what? How the fuck would I know if I have the coronavirus, dude? Right. And all this stuff with like, ah, you know, I think everybody knows I can't stand Trump. So it's like, but when he gets up there and says shit like, oh, yeah, well, they're gonna have the, they'll have the thing in like two or three months. To, yeah, whatever the, uh, the vaccine. Yeah. Like the guy comes up afterwards and like goes through a detailed explanation of why that's completely untrue. And he's like, the best case, the best case scenario is we'll have it like in a year and a half. Like here's all the steps that need to be done for this to happen. And it's like, I, it, it, I think they're they're trying to put a they're trying to put a good spin on it. The government, let's say, um, but they're like really fucking bad at it. Which makes I think people more freaked out than <laughs> than, than need be, you know. If they just put that guy out there who told the right. part where how they're gonna make the vaccine, I feel a lot better than Yeah, instead of <laughs> and instead of like a czar. Yeah. 
Instead I, of like an assigned czar saying that or a, a health department guy, it's Trump saying it. So automatically, people who don't like Trump right. aren't going to believe it. Right. And like, right. <laughs> well, they said this like all for like the last three years. They were like, when a real crisis comes along, this guy's not going to have any credibility whatsoever with a giant part of the population. Myself, myself included. Uh, so here it is. This is the moment where he's like, you know, and, and you know, where he says shit, and it's like, I don't fucking believe a word this, <laughs> this guy said because he's right. lied to us for the last three years. So why should I, you know, why should I believe about this Corona thing? And and so, on the other and on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who will not believe anything from any source they consider an anti-Trump media fake source. News. Fake so news. So it's it's mm-hmm. fake news. It's all fake news. Mm-hmm. So you've got this this polarization, which is, um, which is unhelpful. I, I think bad for disease control. Bad for bad for yes, yeah, yeah. It's, land land of confusion, guys. I truly. And the truly. weird. This is like the weirdest. Uh, this is the kind of shit that makes you just go like, like I, I, I don't believe this is a conspiracy, but it's like, wow, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Where it was like uh, the the, C, the head of the CDC, the lady who was like, it's not a matter of if this becomes a problem; it's a matter of when. Um, and it came out like two days later or whatever. So this head scientist at the Center for Disease Control happens to be the sister. Of Ron Rosenstein, who's oh. like one of Trump's enemies uh, in the deep, in the deep state. Um, so then it becomes, oh, this, that, well, she said that because it was part of a deep state conspiracy and blah blah blah. And it's like <laughs> I can see almost how people believe this in a way, just because it's like, what are the fucking odds? Like, what are the odds, dude? That this lady is the sister. Of of like you know public enemy number twelve. That's how long the list is in, in Trump world. You know public public enemy number twelve. So it's like what are they? What? Why, how is that even? You know, like I said, the, the Lord works in mysterious ways, man. It's like wow. What what are the odds? That's wild. I, uh, well, I it's because so Satan I, is against Trump. That's the reason. Well, it's well, of course. <laughs> oh, um. So I was on Facebook and, and somebody made a post about mentioned like the, the whole you know, COVID coronavirus thing and, and something about the CDC. And there's there's in, in the comments that this and I'm not sure exactly what angle this was, but I think the person might just have been confused. They just sort of went on a little rant about how this would all have been taken care of if, you know, government if the government wasn't getting its nose involved in, in science and medicine. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's like the CDC is the problem. You know, we need to privatize this. I'm like, oh my god, no. Oh, okay. it, it's oh like, you know, it's like we put all of this in the hands. Maybe we can of, outsource it to China, like all yeah, the private yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. or, or just uh, give give Lily the coronavirus research contract, and and, and they can duke it out with Pfizer or something. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I almost I almost responded, but then I remembered that I don't do that. Do not engage. So, yes, I, yes. Do not engage. Yes. I, I I looked at my uh, looked at my shirt and it said do not engage. <laughs> I wore that shirt to work one day this summer, and it turns out there are several people who had been misinterpreting that shirt, and they thought I was telling people do not engage with me, and like it was just like. A shirt, oh, yeah. just, oh, like, just like stay away from me. It's like, oh gosh, no, no. It's like instructions for how to deal with the madness around you. And they're like, oh no, I didn't get that. The back it's- of the shirt should have been the cover to Behold a Pale Horse. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Actually, a picture of Cooper with tiny 
um, behold a pair of horse covers replacing his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> All right. I, uh, uh, the last, last sort of thing, just to yeah. call the corona thing, is like the. Right. It does worry me, like, people that think it's a hoax. It's like, we need to have some. We need to have some fucking agreed upon reality. And it, we're already in a, a weird world now where it's like everything is fractured. Just, uh, I don't recall who said it either, Aaron or, or one of you guys. So to me, it's like, uh, you know, I've seen uh, people that are like, I don't even believe this. It's all a hoax from the, from the Democrats. And it's like, we can't, even if it is, look at, look at lady, <laughs> even if it is a fucking hoax, can you just like, Wash your hands and just go along with the, with the fucking protocol. Like no one, you know, no one's trying to hoodwink you into into like not wiping your nose with your hands or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no one's trying to fucking sell you anything. You don't have to buy Purell or whatever. Just, just like if your fucking kid is really sick, take it to the doctor. That's. I mean, I don't know what other sort of thing I would ask of these well, people, but. Like, just go along with the accepted protocols, because the rest of us are under the impression that there's some kind of disease out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's strange, because you've got, I mean, the, the fear is, is, is out there, and it's for both the right and the left. And the, the fear, like, I think that a lot of it is just really fear of the unknown, fear of the uncertainty i mean that's what's driven the stock oh, yeah, market yeah. down yep but then yep. like yesterday it went up over a thousand points and then back down 700 so like what yeah. <laughs> you know? with with the fed with the fed you know cutting rates you know yeah. that's like you know, hasn't done that since at that level since what 2008 which you know yeah. those were good times right right um, so the, the market you know reacts to what's supposed to be this you know sort of stimulus measure by saying oh my god they're having to do this and, and so then it it swings back down and all i mean all i'll say is i've determined not to look at any of my retirement stuff like for like a year i'm just not even gonna look i i can't look i'll just get freaked out so but yeah it's it, the, the uncertainty um i think both ends of the political spectrum are are worried that the other side is going to use this as a weapon and um and so they're you know the 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 accusations of you know don't you know stop politicizing the coronavirus crisis are you know kind of projecting a little bit um yeah. it's like stop doing what i'm trying to do to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. stop doing that to me um i'm the one politicizing this and you know claims that n nothing's ever been politicized like this oh whatever everything's been politicized like this ask somebody who grew up in the early 80s about hiv being politicized you know we've yep. politicized you know health crises before um but uh Gosh, now I want to go get like a another master's in like public health or something so I can, you know, speak on these things more authoritatively. That that would that'd be a good way to spend my time. Well, if uh Nashville isn't in complete quarantine by the end of, <laughs> by the end of September, we're not under a dome or something. Uh you guys are gonna be joining us at the second strange realities conference. Oh yes indeed. Yes. Coming up on September twenty fifth and twenty sixth. So yeah. we got a great lineup and you guys are a part of it. Do you guys know what you're going to 
kind of what, what subject you might be covering? Bill Cooper. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, of course. Hey, it'd be, it'd be good. <laughs> I would totally pay just, to see you give, give a presentation. It's just, just reading from Behold the Pale Yes, Wars. yes. Um, as long as it's not the protocols of the elders of Zion. God, no, I do not need that out there on the internet. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've sort of been, I'm thinking probably what is going to be what I sort of focus on is, is I'm, I'm working on this book project about sort of conspiracy theories with happy endings and sort of positive conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah. Thing. I uh, think since awesome. I'm going to be doing that, um, I should probably just, you know, conserve energy and talk about that since I'll have, I'll, I'll be hopefully like close to being done like on the manuscript. Um, and I think for the sort of dinner slot that I'm in, that's a nice sort of fun topic um as opposed to fema death camps and you know alien abduction <laughs> and and whatever alan greenfield talks about which i don't understand any of that so <laughs> well he's gonna, gonna be, be he's gonna be there looking forward to asking him just what the hell you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like explain this explain this to me sir you've got to be initiated <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh, God, I Maybe you'll come one. back a free illuminist. Hopefully, you know hopefully there's no solar magic involved with that, right? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, 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 you know, if, if it would get me a few more hours in the day, maybe I would become some sort of illuminist. But uh, it probably just involve a lot of meetings, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, what do you think you're gonna you're gonna talk about? I haven't even really decided yet. Uh, okay, I'm still kicking around ideas. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we've come up with some kind of angle to it that I have that hasn't come to me yet. Go, an um, angle on what it cut out? It cut out. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, an angle, an angle on it that I haven't come up with yet. So it would have to be. Some, I don't want to just go up there and tell the story. On, on, like, on what the, the you're talking about? The outlive pass. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So yes. I'm Skype, Skype had a fart. So sorry. All right. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of one thing I'm thinking about. Uh, but there are a few others. Now that I'm kind of... Now that I'm sort of thinking more about it, I don't know if I've actually kind of even thought about it, but, but I, one thing I really do... I don't want to say love, but one thing I really enjoy talking about, because no one knows about it at all, uh, is uh, the cruise ship thing. So... You guys would be okay with that. I haven't even considered it. Cruise ship. Uh, troubles with cruise ships, if you will. Okay. That too? And not paranormal. <laughs> that's almost conspiracy. That's kind of more even conspiracy in a sense. Well, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We'd, we'd love to. We'd love as long as it's not. In there. As long as it's not just Tim Benal's, like sad experiences on the Disney cruise and, and <laughs> wanting his yeah, money yeah. back. I, I mean, I'd listen to that, but you know. Uh, so, the other idea is, uh, for, is the forest fed and treasure, which is something I cover a lot with Ghost to Coast. Uh, I've made it kind of a beat of my own. Uh, it's a really fascinating. I don't know if you know about the forest fed and treasure. Uh, eccentric art dealer and a whole bunch of treasure out in the American Southwest. Uh, like and announced it 10 years ago in a book. It's like all about these riddles and shit. And, uh, like, it's a, it's a modern-day phenomenon. And I think, like, four people have died 
trying to uh, trying to find the treasure and shit. They've like begged the guy to fucking call off the hunt and shit, and he won't call it off or anything. So maybe maybe the forest fed treasure would be. That sounds one of those three. Is probably what I talk about. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. And guys, so we we got you guys, and we've got uh, Timothy Renner coming back, and Guy Malone coming back, and awesome. uh, uh, Jerry Abland from Knox Mente podcast, uh, Brent Rains, Doctor Future, my good friend yes. who, who was there last year, uh, Angelia Shear who's the uh, MUFON director here for Tennessee. She's got a book oh, wow. that just came up. And uh, we've also got uh, Alan Greenfield is going to be there. The secret cypher man himself. That is that is wild. Do we have the That's other insane. one confirmed too, the new one? Yeah. And uh, just recently, uh, Jack Montgomery and Tony Kale, who have both been on the show recently. They're and gonna, they're doing they're, a joint presentation? They're going to do a joint presentation on folk magic and the supernatural. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, all right, excellent guys. Thank you so much. I mean, this has been awesome. Uh, tell uh, everybody where they can find you guys. Uh, where you can hear both your your shows. Um, you can uh, you can hear the Saucer Life at saucerlife.com or uh, anywhere you find podcasts, and on Twitter at Saucer Life and Instagram at Saucer Life and all those places. Uh, all right, yeah, you can find my stuff at allamerica.com. That's where you can listen to the podcast. Uh, we just we haven't done a show since the end of January. I can't believe it's already getting in March. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like doing shows anytime soon, I will. But at this point, uh, it's unlikely. You can still dig into that archive. we got like 300-plus shows. So, it's all there for All America. And uh, my day-to-day output can be found at uh, coasttocoastam.com. So, Pretty easy. Coast to coast AM.com. Okay. Do you guys want to close the show out with us? We'll just do it that way. Sure. Yes. Yeah, we right. don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what that fucking means. <laughs> so, uh, just to let everybody know again, Strange Realities Conference. That's September 25th to 20, through the 26th of this year. Uh, we're going to have Aaron and Tim there and the list of people that I just said. And then we may have, uh, there may be one more person that we might add on. Nashville, and Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee. SIR Nashville. And uh, we also, guys, that's at strangerealitiesconference.com. You can, go to, uh, you can also go to Eventbrite, find the tickets there, but it's all linked up right now. If you're interested, it is, um, it is a $70 total and we have the $40 $40 pre-sale for Saturday and added to that is the dinner on Friday which is $30 so but $70 gets you into both events and we highly recommend that because that's probably like the best deal the Friday night will be a dinner with presentations and the Saturday is all day presentations absolutely and so that's what we're doing guys and also guys don't forget we have a patreon we are trying to do weekly we don't know whether or not we're going to get one up uh it, the next week or not but uh, we will have one uh at some point uh, we're trying to do that that's you can support us and that's as low for a dollar to get all those archives over at our patreon at conspira at patreon.com slash conspiranormal okay and that's it guys uh youtube channel as well conspiranormal podcast 
And guys, we'll be back next week with another episode of Conspiranormal. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.